Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path. We know the obstacles. And we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Vigero. Welcome back to Breaking Barriers. Today is an exciting day for me personally because my stomach loves these guys for creating the company that they call Fins. That is a beautiful, amazing okay, place that creates not only amazing food like wraps, shakes, smoothies, all these great things, but I grew up since I believe you guys started this in 2003, correct? Yeah, 2003. Literally been rumbling my stomach since 2003 here. Um, so with guys, Pat and Sean, okay, founders of Fins. Um, you know, Pat and Sean, first of all, thank you so much for being here today, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. So much for having us. Um, if you guys can, tell us a little bit about how Fins became a thing. Well, it's been a it's been a 30 plus year road. Uh, Pat and I grew up together. We started working together when we were 16 and 17. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we're very fortunate through all those years, we've been either working in the same place through high school, through college, out of college. Um, we opened our first restaurant out of college, a little place called Fudd's Pub in Neptune City. Uh, mm. Then we went to another, we progressed through that to a pretty big uh, restaurant group called Redheads. That mm. was the executive chef and I was the general manager for the company. Then we got into food service sales. And then for some reason we decided to get back in the restaurant business and gave <laughs> the pins. <laughs> now, now, why why the concept? Like, how did you guys come up with your concept of like a theme that you have? It's kind of ironic because when we opened Fudd's Pub way back in, this, in the uh, in the mid mid to late eighties, a lot of the food that Pat's doing here now, we were doing this type of food way back when. But the Jersey Shore, this this really wasn't ready for the type of food that we were doing. Mm. Fish tacos weren't heard of in, in our mm. area. And just through a lot of traveling, you know, up and down the East Coast, throughout the, you know, the Carolinas, through the Caribbean, and, you know, obviously other parts of the world, you know, we kind of took, especially Pat, because Pat creates all the, uh, all the food items. And we just took a lot of the flavors and blended them together. And, you know, at the time we opened, you know, things had finally come west to east and mm -hmm. a little bit south. Of here. And the Jersey Shore was, you know, open and ready for things that we're doing now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so one of one of the questions I have is, uh, what did what did you guys do initially? So a lot of questions we get from guys who are in the restaurant world is, you know, how do you start to build a brand? Like right, like Finns. Finns is an actual household brand, especially in our area. Um, you know, how how did you guys build that brand that is so recognizable that people love um, and know today? Uh, well. You know, Pat and I both went to culinary school and in uh, and, and management school. So I went to CIA and I went to Jan Johnson and Wales. And we were still in our we were still full on in sales careers when we decided to open things. It was food service, all food service. But we we knew that if we were going to do this again, we had to you know you have to focus on one thing. You know, so many places try to be everything to everybody. Right. So our main focus when we decided to open, number one, we were going to really focus on takeout because you know if you've been, you've obviously been to the little store here in Bradley Beach, mm -hmm. you only have so many seats, and you know to be able to pay the bills and meet the price points that we decided to be at, you got to do a decent amount of volume. 
So we decided from then that we would focus on who we are and we wouldn't move away from that focus where a lot of times you look, you know, just maybe the basic taverns around the area, they're really trying to give something, you know, they're almost like a different type of diner. You know, right. we, weren't, we weren't looking to do that. We were going to stick, you know, whether you come to the restaurant and it's the type of music that we're playing or, you know, if you have TVs, you know, the type of things that we have on the TV, you know, it was, it was we decided then that we were going to focus on who we were and stay with that focus. If we were going to decide to do something else. We were going to take it out of this concept and not keep it in this concept. Mm. Okay. I love that. I love that. And so, so on the, on the entrepreneur side of things, so um, a lot of questions that we get because in the restaurant business, obviously it could be crazy and hectic and stuff like that. Do you guys have like a, a morning routine that sets you guys up for success in your day to day life? That's divide. It's more like divide and conquer. Mm. You know, both of us have a pretty unique set of skills and they're definitely different than each other. Right. So we take care of what we take care of, and it, it's been working for us forever. We're very fortunate. Like I said, Pat and I have been together consistently. The only times that we've had a break from each other since since I'm 16 is, you know, sometimes <laughs> during, sometimes during school. You know, uh, we're, we're very, very fortunate. You're a family. Um, it's kind of like that Friends episode. We were yeah. on a break. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, we're, what are we? We're, you know, I'm, I just turned 55, and, you know, that's – how many years are we talking now? We're talking 33 plus years. Wow, yes, that's that's quite. There's, good. Been, there's been very rare. There's been very rare times that he and I have not been either working together or employed at the same place throughout all those years. Nice. So you know, and you know, Pat's a food genius. You know, I've been saying it for decades now that the people on the Food Network, most of them, don't have the talent that he has in his pinky. So, you know, he also decided to get over himself a long time ago, years ago. <laughs> Because he is creative and he can do anything, but you know, it's great to be that guy or that place that people want to go to for those special occasions to get blown away by, you know, small plates and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. We knew being able to pay ourselves, pay our bills, and keep everybody employed. We wanted people coming back to us multiple times a month. Right. You know? And he was able to keep the menu with all the, all of our fresh ingredients and all the different flavors and meet the price points that you know what because we're competing, you know. People ask who's your biggest competition, and my hope, my answer is anybody that has a stomach and anybody that serves food, whether it's the local food store, especially now with the, the, the food bars, or whether it's McDonald's or Wendy's or any of the other Chipotle's or Subway or Jersey Mike's, you know, we got to compete with all those folks because there's only so much. People only have so much expendable income that they're going to spend out weekly, daily, monthly on right. those type of products. You know, they're going to. Those big occasions, they're going to save up for those, and they're going to go out once a month, twice a year. You know, we want to be your go-to. You know, a couple times a month, if not weekly. Yeah. One. So one of the things, though, on that on that point, one of the things that I was always impressed by. So I started my agency when I was 17 years old, um, a little over a decade ago. And so in the in the earlier phases, you know, when I was doing, you know, what while I was building the company, I was very started to get very fascinated when I went to different small businesses and look at what they do. One of the things with you guys that I felt extremely, extremely, um, not taken back by, but I think that really impressed me was, I can't even remember the year, whenever you guys started implementing your CRM system and asking phone numbers in the beginning of that whole process, where yeah. you'd come in and you'd be like, what's your phone number? And then you'd be like, what's going on, John? How are you? What can I get for you? Like, I, I had, at the time, I haven't really had that experience in any local restaurants like that, where they knew me by name. Obviously, when you called, they just asked for your phone number. 
And and from that, like anytime to go with my friends, obviously once the people asked you if you went back and the same person was working again, they would just know your name. They'd be like, oh, John, what's your number again? You know, I want to make sure you get your points or whatever. And well, how did you guys start to build those systems? Is that is that a Sean thing? Is that a Pat thing? Well, when we decided to move to the type of point of sale that we have now, you know, we were at one of the restaurant shows in New York. And, you know, it's funny because when we first opened, it's not funny. But the old POS system we had was, you know, so antique. The POS? You know? It wasn't it wasn't a basic cash register, but it was you know basically pushing the buttons. So. Right. But this system just you know even the folks that sold it to us weren't really utilizing with their customers that piece that was in it because we do so much takeout and our focus has always been on takeout and most of our much of our business especially at that time was over the phone. Right. You know that was very easy to integrate in and we were able to create the reward system out of it and you know just we kind of. With the system, that wasn't something that we. I like to tell you, we thought of it ourselves. We just kind of used what was there. So you just called the system. Yeah. Well, listen. Sometimes you stumble. Right, you know? yeah. yeah. Sometimes you stumble upon stuff because I think I think the name recognition piece of it opened it up to be such a more friendly environment because I could have just easily walked in because anytime I went to any other restaurant, walk in, it's like, hey, what can I get for you? Okay, great. Uh, I'll go with this, this, this. But I think the the first name basis that, that created felt like it was more of like you're going to see your friends because obviously you know there's always chill people that work in your locations they're cool but then also you know obviously when they start to call you by name and they recognize your name and remember you it just creates a whole different experience um it's it's also one of the things that we always get questioned for for restaurant startups it's like you know how how can we create an environment that just feels like warm welcoming things like that um and i think that that uh show definitely helped you guys do that because that's something that uh you know we've all me personally and I know uh, my team and and the people that uh, that live around here because I grew up. Just so you guys know, I grew up in Brick, um, so so I uh, I always you know I was always in Finns growing up. So we always love that piece of it, and that component of it. Um, it is it's a huge focus of what we do is uh, customer service because again we're competing with pretty much everybody, and people have a lot of options. And right. It's very important that you to us that you know we say hello, we say goodbye. You know, mm -hmm. we're always trying to do our best to make you, like you say, you know, feel comfortable and, you know, want to come back. You know, we've got a lot of options. You know, Pat has been saying this forever. He can create the best food in the world and people can say, I really had that, I really had a great meal, but I really got treated poorly. Mm -hmm. They're not going to come back, you know. Right. So people can have mediocre food and get treated great and they're going to go back. Right. We have both. I think we have great food and great service. It's yeah. also about getting your employees to understand that Sean and Pat don't pay you. The person in front of you that you're taking their order, they're the person that makes your paycheck. Mm. It has nothing to do with us. It's everything to do about that customer. Wow. So you want to make sure you've got a paycheck. Right. That's the person you need to talk to. Right. We appreciate it. We've had great staff working with us over the over the last 17 years. You know, it, you know, the Caroline who set this whole thing up, who's sitting next to me now, you know, she she started with how old did you start? Uh, two weeks before my 17th birthday. Right. She was in diapers. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, our manager Jackie, she's been with the same thing. I think she started with us when she's 16 and she's turning 30. Yeah. So we. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people that have bought into, you know, they 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 agree with how we operate and you know our and our thoughts on service and customer service and giving back to the community and you know it trickles down through you know all the other staff and. It's real credit to them because through them, the folks that don't buy into that when they when if they do come here and they look for a job, they kind of right. they kind of 
you know, weed themselves out a little bit because the, the ones that are here, they do know. They know how it's important, how important it is to treat you guys, you know, well. And right. Happy to come back because they do understand that without you, there's there is no fence. That's 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 a fact. And the one thing I will say though, and and maybe I shouldn't say this as a customer, but you know what? Listen, nothing stopping me from coming back from that chocolate chip cookie and the Hawaii Five O. <laughs> That was my, that was my go-to since you guys legitimately opened. I would go, I would sit there and wait for my Hawaii Five O. There would be the stack of cookies in the glass jar right there, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, Jesus Christ! And I would be looking at it. I never forget the one. I asked the kid the first time I ever went there. I said, What's popular here? He's like, I don't know. People like the Hawaii Five O. I haven't ordered anything since, and I would always get that, a lemonade, and a freaking chocolate chip cookie. That's the only thing I order from from uh, Fins. Um, but. Going on, going on to the to the uh, as we're getting close to the end here, um, you know. So, where do you guys see Fins, and you know, in, in the next five years, like what's what's the next steps for you guys? You know, it's it's, it's been a back and forth process for years now. That we're we're always looking to make that next step and, and, and start that franchise process. Mm -hmm. And then you know, something happens. You know, here we are now with the the, the virus that's affecting the entire world. So things are it's changing times. So, you know, uh, we're just. And through this, we are fortunate because we've been able to maintain our business and focus on takeout. And you know, there's other challenges, but that's where we see it. See it growing through that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, I've been, I've been, I know that a lot of people that I'm friends with have been still making their making their orders from fans and doing the pickups and whatever, um, and uh, and making moves still. Um, and and I just have a question. So we have, I have two more questions individually. Okay, but. Uh, before I get to those two last questions, what is the both? Do you guys have favorite items on the menu that you guys personally have? Well, if I have a favorite, I like them all. <laughs> some, some are more fun to make than others, and some are more inspiring to me. Right. Is you there? But I also know that that Hawaii Five O, which you know to me isn't really exciting. You know, <laughs> pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so you don't have one particular that is like the most flavorful. Pat was gonna have to say his favorite is definitely our wings. We've been making the wings. We make our wings since 1988. Really? Yeah. I've never had wings there yet. Really? Yeah. You're missing yeah. out, man. Yeah. Y'all listen. I'm going in on them next time. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I would challenge any bar in this area to a wing contest. Wow. Okay. I did yeah. not know this. This is big news for me. Yeah. Well, that's because we don't serve beer. Maybe one day we will. Yeah. Wow. That'll be a whole game changer. I don't have anything uh, favorite, but you know, we also focus on a sort of large appetizer type of menu. So because yeah. that's what I like. I like eating. If I go out to eat, I want to order multiples of everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna have to say that the appetizer category is probably my my favorite. And during the pandemic, I've been eating way too much of it. <laughs> how about how about uh, uh Carolyn? Volleyball. That has oh. my heart. Volleyball. Oh, okay. Okay. That was that, always my favorite. My wife, my wife is a fan of that. It's like if you're it, – it, what's nice about the menu, it has such a wide variety that like you one day could be in the mood for a burrito and the next day be in the mood for a salad. So I think the variety is complimenting. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. And so for the last question, so I'm going to I'm gonna start with Pat on this question, okay, and then I'll dive to individually to the rest of you. Um, but so Pat, knowing all the stuff that you know now and, and throughout your entire journey of owning restaurants, you know, bar, all these different things you've been through, what advice would you give to yourself 
20 years ago that you have learned through your journey today? Well, customers are most important and what they want to eat is what you need to cook. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, I see a lot of these young kids and, and I made the same, I would say mistake is that you just focus on like your culinary ego mm -hmm. too much to where you miss the boat where, you know, people's sweet spot is. Right. Like, you know, even some fine dining restaurants do a really nice burger. You know why? Because people like burgers. Right. You know, you can, you can do a burger with, you know, duck fat and different types of prosciutto on there instead of just doing a, a burger with regular bacon and cheese. You know, maybe you have some homemade pickles, but people like those things. And to be able to key into what people want to eat, I think is, is the key. Awesome. Sean? That's pretty easy too, because uh, by nature, I like to control every situation. So especially early on in my early career, you know, I had to do everything. And Finn's was actually the best thing for me, especially as we opened more locations. Because I was a, I was forced to delegate more and trust people more. Mm. Definitely giving me, and I think Pat too, you know, uh, better life, not lifestyle within ourselves where we can step away a little bit, you know, and let other people do their jobs. Mm -hmm. So that, that's something that I think is not necessarily teachable, but hopefully people can learn to do that sooner than later. It took me, it took me a long time. Right. Honestly, that's that's a big one for any entrepreneur, though, right? Like you, like it's so tough to let go of the reins because you know processes and systems maybe that you created or didn't, um, and you always not that you know you always feel that you can do them better, right? So it's like I want this to happen this way. So if I don't do it myself or you have to micromanage, it might not get done. So I that's that's really a good one. Um, because uh, when you see that people can do it the way that you feel that you can do it, that's as that's as much as a point of success as actually more than doing it yourself. Right. It means that now you've been able to, you know, duplicate and, you know, people can rise up. Right. And how about you, Kara? I guess I'm coming from not like the owning but the managerial perspective. I guess, you know, making an environment where the employees come in every day um, and not just coming into work, but like genuinely having fun. So having a really positive, great experience during their employment here. Um, and a lot of these kids come from high school. So my purpose is to have them learn and grow. Um, interacting with every customer is a learning, growing experience for their future endeavors, for their future careers, um, and even just life skills. And so I think that from my point of view, I think the most important thing we do here is making it an extremely positive environment. Um, you know, I'm, I come in and all my employees are so excited to see me and it's always a compliment um, and just having a really good environment and you know I still talk to the girls I was working with in 2013 and we all became friends. Um, I've made some of the best friends I've ever had here and I think having it so when they're coming in in a great mood it reflects in their in their workspace. I love that that's, that's so important culture is everything in a company you know. To, to Pat's point earlier, obviously, on not on you guys not paying the paychecks. I mean, the company doesn't run without the frontline people out there, right? So that's a, that's a that's a great point. Making a place where they love to come, you know, enjoy that environment, and it is a challenge, you know, for for most for most companies. Like again, as as I as I scale, you know, adapting social, like you know, today right now we have all businesses in twenty countries around the world, 
And in order to get, in order for me to do that, and I would not outsource what most agencies do, you know, I needed to get good people, and I, in most cases, younger people. And that at first was such a challenge for me because, again, there's so many different levels of, you know, uh, this person's unhappy about this and this, and then they talk about it, and it comes that, you know, that become toxic. But as we've scaled, we've put way more, way more love and attention into the culture and to the people, um, you know. And again, the clients are happy. Happy. Bottom line. Yeah, and you know, it's like, uh, say you have to give Caroline credit and you credit because Pat and I don't do a lot of this. Yeah. Front, right. Because we really, we we firmly believe in our hearts that we couldn't do this without everybody that works with us. Right. So you know, if we're out, you know, we don't say, hey, you know what, we're the owners of this and that. Yeah. We'd rather, you know, we like staying in the back. I, me personally, anyway, I don't have to. We like staying in the background and, you know, let, let the success be the folks that are actually, you know, they're the ones that you guys see every day. Right. And the front lines making the moves. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate that. All right, guys. So first off, you know, that's that's all she wrote. Um, I appreciate you guys so much for being on here today and just sharing. Thank you. And experience. Yeah, of course, of course, that you guys have had. And uh, and uh, if you guys can, uh, I guess, Karen, maybe this is maybe this is your world. Uh, this is where you guys plug yourself, right? So where can people find you? Social, website, everything. Yeah, so um, I just actually posted on the story and I tagged Adapting Social. Oh, sweet. Um, so I don't know whatever, however you guys set it up, if it's like through a link or wherever someone can go and watch it. Um, if um, Angela, whoever just wants to send that speed through email, I can post about it and tag yeah. you guys. Or if she wants to DM me, I'm pretty flexible with everything. Oh, yeah, no, no. My podcast director is going to send you all of the assets. Um, what I'm saying is, is uh, where can people find you guys, like your website, your own social medias, like your handle? Oh, so um, we're, you know, we use Instagram and Facebook. Um, I run it and it's pretty active daily. Um, cool. And so that's always great. Uh, the website, too, at the finsusa.com. Mm -hmm. It's oh, constantly updated running. Um, and some of the social media posts actually link to that. Um, and we actually have our Aloha Club. And so when people sign up, they get 10% off of every, every bill. Um, and with that, we send out a weekly email of all updates, um, what we're doing, some fun stuff. And so even like the podcast will then also be on the email that we send out every week to our Aloha Club members. Boom. I love it. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Pat, Sean, Kara, thank you guys so much for your time today. Again, I appreciate it. You guys, in my mind, are legends in this in this local area. Um, so I'm happy to actually meet the guys and the girls behind Fins, because again, you guys are pretty low key. I mean, I've seen Pat a bazillion times sitting at the sitting at the little bar in Brick when that was still around in the morning, his laptop just crunching away. Um, but but other than that, I've never got to obviously meet you guys and things like that. So it's an honor to meet you guys. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Again, thank you so much. Um, and you guys create a great day, okay?